Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. The reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because we are lucky to have this program go all around the world. At the moment, we are locked down in Adelaide in COVID. So by the time you hear this, we'll be out of COVID and, and flying free, we all hope. We've had one week of COVID here in Adelaide. Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane have also been in COVID lockdown for quite a while. Unfortunately, we had to do what we had to do. But we are so lucky in Australia, and particularly in South Australia, we have managed to escape all the other lockdowns. But this week, it's finishing tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. But I just want to say thank you, a special, special thank you to Ron from uh, Podcast C because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to do this because we've been asked to stay out of the studio because of a COVID a scare that happened there. Somebody was in a in a zone where somebody had COVID and uh, we are not supposed to be in the studio, especially the way we do it with four or five people in the studio. We couldn't do that. So, Ron, a really big thank you to you for allowing us to do this. Now, the quality may not be as good as ever, but the, the quantity and the quality of the speakers are fantastic. We are all on our mobile phones at the moment, and this is being done live through our mobile phones, a hookup with Ron. So, Ron, thank you for doing that. Now, I want to say thank you to Melody Horrell. Melody Horrell was on our show a few weeks back, and uh, oh, sorry, a few months now already, sorry. And we talked about, uh, they call it DV or whatever you want to abbreviate it to, it's domestic violence, and we talked about the people growing up with a domestic violence in the household and how devastating it can be and how effective it can be. Now, this happened quite a few a few months ago already. Still getting emails and Facebook trolls and everything else from it. We've had very, very good responses from people from LinkedIn and everywhere around Australia and overseas saying, wow, wherever they are, the people have uh, sent me messages from us saying it's such an important topic in some countries, it's sort of really still put under the carpet. And I mentioned that the fact that some people are hand-pecked and some men. And somebody got upset at that one word and <clears throat> have been trolling me for a few weeks now. And it's interesting how just one word can trigger people, you know. And, I mean, I know this. I know this because I've worked with people all the time. I had to mention that word because so many of my clients and so many of my friends mention that word. And, and they say that. So that's why I mentioned that particular word. Now, we've also had a situation a few weeks ago where Bethany Hiska was say, talking about her harassment at work and, and that sort of thing. And a couple of my other clients, even male clients, have told me how they are continuously harassed at work by people at work. And it could be males teasing them or females teasing them. And there are lots of ways of people getting harassed. So it's such a big, big issue in business and how to be happy in business. Um, just last week, we had Paul come on and talked about the laughter project. This week, my special guest is Andrew Almondy. And Andrew, welcome to this program. And Thank you, Andrew, Peter. You're also involved as one of the main presenters and main 
organisers for the Laughter Project, and you can look that up on the internet. It's called The Laughter Project. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about you and your background, because this is really interesting as well. Uh, thanks, Pete, and uh, uh, welcome to all of your listeners, wherever you may be in the world. And what we've got to remember out of all this is that it's smiling, eh? Yeah, well, look, my story, I, I was born in England. Mum and Dad were Australian. Dad was a surgeon doing his registrar in uh, in England, and they returned back to Australia in 63. My sister, uh, Chantel, who's four years younger than me, and my brother, Peter, who's five years younger than me. And uh, we went back to Sydney, which is where Mum and Dad were from. Yep, and then uh, we moved from uh, from Sydney up to Broken Hill. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, Dad, Dad actually said the two best things he ever did in his life was to marry Mum and to move to Broken Hill. Broken yes. Hill was just most people that don't know where Broken Hill is. When we talk about the Australian outback, the Broken Hill is actually a, a way way outback town. And, uh, they discovered gold in Broken Hill. Well, actually, not so much gold. They discovered silver, Peter. It was the biggest, biggest deposit of silver, lead, and zinc in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so Broken Hill became a big, big mining town. And it's interesting. And it's a still a beautiful little town. It's like a, when you see these old cowboy movies, that's the sort of town. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people that watch this, they've ever seen the Mad Max movies. A lot of the Mad Max movies were actually shot around Broken Hill. It set up a, a secondary industry for uh, movie making in Australia. Yeah. Um, we, we were very lucky uh, uh, when when we grew up in Broken Hill. You know, we didn't have the issues of the day that we have nowadays, where you know, the, the, really there weren't any locks on doors, and you knocked on the door and you popped in, and somebody wasn't home, or you put the kettle on. You brought out uh, the yeast bun that was there. You took a slice off. You buttered it. You had a cup of tea. And you left a note saying, popped in, you weren't home. Uh, we'll bring back a yeast bun tomorrow sort of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was very easy and a wonderful place for, for children to grow up. In fact, when, when I was there, when we were growing up between 63 and 74, it actually did have the recognition as a city. It had a population of uh, over 30,000 with big 32,000 people, which constituted a city. And believe it or not, Peter, not that this is about, uh, this has really got no relevance to me, but I'm led to believe, if my memory serves me correct, it's the only place in Australia that war was declared on, on Australian soil. There was a train went from Broken Hill to Silverton, which is actually, Silverton was the original place of the ore discovery by Charles Rask, who was a boundary rider. And the Turks, I think, decided to take the train and they, uh, they declared war on Australia, which... When you think about it, it wasn't all that clever because the train can only go one way, uh, yep. one direction. It's either going to Broken Hill or going to Silverton. Yeah. Anyway, that's an aside. Broken Hill has been very famous for a lot of things, and, and one of them, of course, most foremost, is our, the art. We had the likes of the Brush of the Bush with Pro Hart and uh, Jack Absalom and John Pickup and Eric Lynch and uh, to name a few. Yes, a lot of and, them. And it's a great artist. A great, a great... Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was very fortunate that uh, Dad was a surgeon in Broken Hill and also became a medical superintendent. But when I was five, we moved up to Broken Hill and uh, we got to meet Pro Hart and we'd have a we'd have a barbecue with Pro and as a young fellow I'd throw paint. Mm. And I'm now sixty three. People that know me would say the last place I would ever go would be an art gallery and the second last place would be a museum. Mm. And here I am now at the age of sixty three, I've discovered in the last three or four years my creative side and I now paint. And I've got no doubt that the influences of my early life are now coming uh, through the brain somehow. I can't explain it, but uh, I'm really thoroughly enjoying myself in the in the studio that I've built out the back here at home. Oh, good on you. 
Well, that's interesting because like we always say, it's what you see is what you do. Your, your heritage is so, so important, but it's not the most important. You know, like the fact is just because you had a good upbringing, it doesn't mean you can't have a good life, you know, yeah. and what that's what coaches do. That's what mentors do. That's why you pick your mentors, you know, yeah. and that's what we encourage people to do all the time. What is interesting about you is that I, mean, I met you like quite a few years back, you know, 20 odd years ago or more. Yep. So we've known each other a long time. But uh, when I first met you, you were working for a charity organization and That's you were. Phoenix, Phoenix Society, yeah. Phoenix Society, which is a disability workshop and for people with disabilities and handicaps and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yes, well. Uh, yeah, sadly, Phoenix is, is not in a setup that it was when I was there. It's now a part of Bedford, which has yeah. been a good thing. I mean, people with disabilities have still got facilities to go to. But yeah, Phoenix was a great part of my life. It's provided employment opportunities for people with intellectual and or physical disabilities. And I came to Phoenix after a career in radio, government and uh, corporate marketing. Yeah. And again, people would say, well, why would you go into the disability sector? And I guess it was just the upbringing of, uh, of mum and dad that said, well, you know, there comes a time in your life where you have to start giving and caring. And so the opportunity presented itself and I was able to grasp it with both hands. And, and I'd say other than what I'm doing now, working with people with disabilities, probably the best 10 years of my life. I really, really enjoyed it. Promotion officer, weren't you? Yeah, unfortunately, I rose in the ranks. <laughs> I was the general manager of public relations, fundraising and business development. And I used to say to people, if I, if I don't do my job, there are 600 people that don't have a job. So it was just wonderful, you know. And, and to this day, I still see people who are our employees uh, that I became good friends with as a shirt, which is something that I hold. I see them in the street and uh, we're able to go up now because we couldn't do it when we are working. We couldn't really hug and, and pat them on the backs and all that sort of stuff because it's just not the right thing. But now it's fantastic. And to see how they have progressed and be given opportunities to improve their self-esteem and become a contributor to the community and the workforce and not a passenger. And, and I hasten to add, Peter, that I'm not being critical of those people who are unable to work because of their disability. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, uh, that, that is a, a sadness in itself. But for people that do have the ability to get out and do a job that unfortunately are not able to work in open employment, places like Bedford and Phoenix and Arana and Bakuma and Minda here in South Australia are certainly essential in our community. Yeah, now for those people who are overseas listening to this, the organisations he just mentioned are places where um, they used to call them sheltered workshops. They used to yes, call yeah, yeah. It's a terrible word, but that's what they used to be called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, it's not fair to say that or they don't like that using that uh, term. They're actually now referred to, Peter, believe it or not, well, unless they've changed it again, the government yeah. does tend to change things, but... Uh, they were known as, uh, when I was there, as business enterprises. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. But different little business enterprise centres where people with disabilities, that's mental, physical, emotional, and all that sort of stuff, work in these particular uh, men's labour mostly and, and supported labour and helped to do things and a real big part of the community and, and they build lots of little things and a lot of woodworking type things and, and it gives them an opportunity to do... Well, Peter, if I, can, if I can maybe just embellish that a little bit. When, when we were at Phoenix, we had a commercial mailing bureau 
yep. uh, that stood on its own in a, a very competitive marketplace where organisations would be sending out hundreds of thousands of letters and these letters would be printed obviously on a high technology uh, driven platform and yep. then they would be barcoded etc and, and I used to say to the corporate clients that I would introduce the to, to the organisation that, you know, I wouldn't know where the on-off switch was on this machine. Yeah. And yet people with disabilities knew how to run the highest level of technology in the world. Yeah. And so really it was the, the, the idea was that if it wasn't your business's core business, in other words, if you had somebody in your office that was just printing letters off a printer and folding them, and yep. you could put them to a better revenue-related task, then you could outsource that job to somebody like Phoenix who could actually undertake the technology in a safer environment and get what would normally take somebody a day we could do in an hour. Yeah, well, I remember I was on the board of directors of one of those sort of companies a while and then they changed the name and they changed everything else and they merged and amalgamated with other organisations. But it's important to... Why, the reason why I'm talking about this as a preamble is because it's important to understand that you came from... A, a, the outback, literally, you know, yes. Australia, and then yes. coming to the city, and you like you worked your way up. You worked your way up through different organisations, through different things, and to become the managing director of this organisation. Well, don't don't be too uh, too kind of me. I wasn't the managing director. I had a fantastic, fantastic chief chief executive officer, Ian Terry, who was one of the best people I've ever worked for. You, you're talking about the journey. Uh, I did have a bit of a head start because mum and dad, as parents do sacrifice a lot and I actually moved I went to I went from boarding I went to boarding school in Sydney yep. while I was living in uh, living in Adelaide I tell the joke and we'll get into I guess what I'm doing now but I, I'm, a, I'm a professional clown entertainer I say to people that I went to the most exclusive Catholic private school in Australia yep. uh, that produced three clowns me Barnaby Joyce and Tony Abbott yeah Tony <laughs> Abbott of course being a former prime minister and Tony yeah. allows me to say that because he knows it's in tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah. But I went to Riverview in Sydney and uh, I had a, a, a very high education and, and I guess a grounding in, in, in what it's like to be a, a good corporate and community citizen. Yeah. But I took the path of not following through to university and, uh, and decided that when we, re we came to Adelaide, moving from Broken Hill, and Dad suggested uh, that I, I come back to... Uh, come back into the family and I went to St. Ignatius Appleson here in Adelaide and finished it off with the Jesuits. And then I, uh, I decided to work in radio for 12 months and then I worked in the government for 10 years and then corporate marketing for 15 before joining the Phoenix Society. And then when I left there, I, uh, I did become the CEO of a, of a small children's charity. I did some consulting work, uh, worked in the healthcare area uh, in, in the not-for-profit and then decided that I wanted to have a board meeting in the shower every morning, write yep. my own KPIs and uh, and have fun. So I then became a clown. We need to we need to take a break. But what I'd like to do is come back and talk about how all these jobs and all these positions and all that you did, how then you sort of had a bit of a breakdown or a bit of mm. a of, of direction and yeah. You know, you had to look at what else could you do for yourself. So this is really important. The next part's going to be very important. By the way, I did say hello to Matt straight away at the beginning, but Matt, I'm sure you're there. Um, yes, thank you. If you've got any here, yeah. If you've got any questions, just throw them in. We'll take a break and we'll come straight back after this. Please listen to our sponsors. Thank you. Radio Italia Uno is inviting you to our very special once-a-year gala night 
on Saturday evening, the 28th of August, at the Marquee Club in Paradise. Tickets are $70, which includes a magnificent four-course meal, entertainment by Mumbo Italiano, and a spectacular floor show. Radio Italia Uno prides itself on inclusivity, warmth, friendship, and community, and what better way to celebrate than to attend this annual event? Simply call the station to book at 8212-3177. Radio Italia Uno's Gala Night, August the 28th. The surprises never end. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Thank you. Thank you very much. And please, like I keep saying, please support the people that support us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so important, especially here in Adelaide and especially or in Australia and wherever you are, it's support your local people, support your local traders, support your local business people. Because And here, of course, we want, we want to say thank you for supporting our radio station. It's a community radio station, but as you can hear, it's going around the world. It's being podcast. Thank you to Ron from Podcast City. And anybody out there listening and they wanted to do a podcast, get in touch with me and I'll put you on to Ron straight away or get in touch with Podcast City Adelaide and let them know that you heard it on Happy Business Radio and it's Radio Italia Unos. But look, if you're looking to do anything at the moment, any product or service that you have and you want to promote it, now is the best time in the world because what we can do for you, we can give you special rates. Between now and Christmas, we're just giving away advertising. 
So just give us a call. You'd be surprised how much you get for nothing. But we are here today and we're talking to Andrew Allman. And Andrew, you've been talking about how, you, you know, you, you come from a little country town way out in the bush. You've had a great upbringing because of your father and your education system. And you, you had several roles in, in several leading positions. You rose to different positions. And then all of a sudden, something happened in your life where you had like a bit of a breakdown, a, a reset, or whatever you like to call it. <laughs> Tell us yeah, what well, happened. Okay, well, uh, look, you know, uh, I, I guess if I could just take it back a few steps in my, in my uh, working career, I went into a radio station, a local radio station here in Adelaide, and asked them what radio was all about. And then two months later, I was offered a job, and uh, that was fantastic. I learned so much about radio, literally at the age of 17, 18 years of age, for 12 months. And then they say it's not the knife in the back that kills you, it's the rust. And I decided that it was a bit too competitive and false for me. And uh, that's uh, absolutely respectful to everyone who is in the industry. But at that stage of my life, it wasn't what I wanted. So I then moved into the the, the state government public service and worked in an organisation called the Corporate Affairs, which is now, it used to be the Registrar of Companies, it's now the Australian Securities and Industries, the ASIC. So I was there for about uh, 10 years. And then a friend of mine was a bank manager for a promotional marketing company or doing their banking and he said, look, they could do with something like me. So I ended up working for a, a promotional company which gave me some opportunities to experience things that I probably normally wouldn't have. You know, we were involved with international, multinational companies doing their promotional marketing, even the Olympics. I got involved with the Sydney 2000 Olympics and that was a great opportunity. So you pick up all these skill sets. And then, of course, you worked in, in the Phoenix Society. And when I was at Phoenix, I think I mentioned before the break that, you know, it's probably one of the best jobs, the best things I've ever done in my life next to what I'm doing now. Yeah. But in 2011, I was diagnosed with depression. And it just knocked me for six because I've got a very good memory. And I was walking into meetings and it was almost like I had a fog in my head. And you know, it was like the old Homer Simpson, blah, 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 donuts going in my head. And I, and I couldn't remember anything that was being said when I walked out. Yeah. And I thought I thought I was actually getting the onset because the mind does wonderful things. I thought I was getting the onset of uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. So uh, I went and spoke to my doctor and he gave me, uh, there's a wonderful organisation here in Australia, and I'm sure very similar organisations around the world called Beyond Blue. Yeah. And uh, I did a, an online test. And as I said to the doctor, I've never been good at doing exams, but for this one, I did pretty well. I got something like 42 or 43 out of 52. And, and that's being sarcastic, of course. The higher the score, the more depressed you are. Wow. So um, we, we had to work out what the problem was. And yes, I had the... Sorry, I had the... I, sorry, go ahead. Wait a minute. You're, t- you're saying now, because this is important for the people listening, mm-hmm. you're beyond blue... This thing online that people can yeah well it was it was in those days I haven't been onto it in recent times but there was a there was some sort of resource I can't remember exactly how it was done but there was a resource that the doctor had yes and I'm pretty sure it was an online resource that allowed us to just do a quick check on my mental health okay and so he said well you he said you're not chronic but he said you've certainly got deep depression. Okay, and, and I'm saying, and I'm saying, to him, well, I'm not sure why. I've got a job I just love going to every day. Yeah. So it's not like I was depressed about my work. Yeah, finances. I think I shared the same stresses that everybody in the world shares with finances. I mean, 
unless you're, uh, I guess, Jeff Bezos and you've got more money than, than anyone's got in the world, we've all got mortgages and bills to pay. So that was a common thing and that didn't, didn't make me any different. My health was reasonable and so I just couldn't work it out. Anyway, Phoenix Society was fantastic and I took three, uh, three months executive leave off and mm-hmm. uh, they actually put in place a psychologist and I went with my wife because, Peter, you know, unless you've gone through this, and, and at the time, I must stress, at the time I was diagnosed, yeah. I thought my life and my career as a worker was finished. I thought, it, how to say it in the vernacular, my brand was damaged mm-hmm. because I had this mental health issue and I just didn't get it. For a person that was gregarious and networking and loved getting out there and enjoying life, mm-hmm. here I was withdrawing within myself into the fetal position and just crying. You know, for no reason, I would just burst into tears. And so when I saw the psychologist and we sat down and the psychologist worked out that I actually wasn't having any time for myself. I was giving too much and never being able to say no. Yeah. And that's not to make me sound like a saint. Yeah. But it's a matter of your body has to recover and your mind has to recover too. And, I, and I, it was explained to me that when we have the flu, for example, yeah. we go to bed and we rest. And effectively what I had and what people with depression have is mental flu. Yeah. So you've actually got to give the, ch- the mind a chance to rest. And so it wasn't being selfish. It was about finding things for me to do. So we had a spa that we put in at the back of the house. And so my me time would be that I would sit in the spa on my own and listen to music and relax. But if my wife or the children wanted to come and join me, they could. I just didn't engage in conversation. I just sat there and thought about life and pondered and, and, and worked it all the way through. And I've got to say... Go on for uh, uh, Sorry? How long did this go on for? Well, they reckon I probably had depression without really knowing it for at least 12 months. All right. How long does it go on for? You live with it now. It's a daily, it's a daily thing. So I, I'm aware that I have a predisposition for this mental health. Mm-hmm. I do take a medication, which is a low a low dosage, but it's just enough that allows me, I guess, to take the edge off uh, things. But more importantly, the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest positive cures, or not cures, that's not the right word, but uh, tools in, in assisting with uh, managing it is to actually be happy. And so I've tried, I mean, I've always been, uh, most people would suggest I've been a clown most of my life. Yes. But uh, now I, I find that while what I'm doing and finding joy and happiness, I've found painting where I create art, uh, abstract art, and I teach that art to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also developed a character called Bumbles the Clown yep. and became, uh, with the help of a very, very good friend, or person who's now become a very good friend, a bloke called the Amazing Magic Mike here in Adelaide. No relation to the stripper, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, Magic Mike, who himself didn't realise, but was also going through depression. Yeah. And so I was. We basically helped each other. We've now formed such a great friendship that we actually have a business together called the Amazing Magic Entertainment Group. And 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 what we do is we actually do birthday parties and other functions where all we really do is make people smile and laugh. Now, yeah. I can't get any, I don't think you could do anything better in life than yeah. to be actually given a job that just makes people laugh. Well, the more, um, and, and that's the security power of it, yeah. The more people you make happy, the happier you become. It's simple as that. Yeah, and, absolutely, absolutely. You yeah. give it, you get it back. Can I, can I throw this one in, you, Peter? I, 
I, I came up with this. It was an epiphany. I was talking to, you mentioned Paul Rouse, uh, who you had on the show last week. Um, and, and Paul and I, our paths crossed quite insignificantly. I was performing as my Christmas clown for a Christmas party. Uh, got a Christmas clown called Alabaster Snowball. And I was at a venue and I went downstairs. It was raining. And I thought, well, I don't want to get wet. So I just started doing a few tricks with some kids as I was waiting to get out into the rain. And I met with Paul, and we, uh, and then anyway, one thing led to another, and we've become very good friends. And, yeah. and he invited me to become a part of the Laughter Project because of, I guess, what he liked with me is, you know, I, I just enjoy and make people laugh. And I said to him only a couple of weeks ago that it, all of a sudden it hit me. I guess the question I'll ask you, Peter, is what do you do, or your listeners, what do you do when you see a newborn baby for the first time? What do we do? Oh, yeah, of course, we smile at them. Correct. And, and, so, and so the baby then, of course, smiles back or attempts to. So it's actually in our DNA. The yeah. first thing we see when a baby, let's say the baby is born and, the, and it's put in the mother's arms, the yeah. first thing the baby senses is joy and laughter and happiness. And yet, sadly, we forget about it as we get older. We forget yeah. about this DNA uh, where we, we're actually born to smile. First thing we do is we smile. Well, we have a smile given to us. And I think it's quite, when I got that into my head, and that happened literally only two weeks ago, the epiphany, it's actually very, it's a very, very powerful message. Well, you must have heard the message, you must have heard the research that says children laugh an average of 400 times a day, and adults laugh less than 30, 20 times a day. Um, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that, but you're right. That's that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's so real. Yeah. It's everywhere, Dr. Holden from England and and Breyer and and uh, in America and people in Norway and Sweden and uh, other parts of the world have done research and they've all said the same thing. Like a, a child in, uh, over 400 times a day, and as you become an adult, it's less than 10 to 12 times a day. Yeah. That's yeah. a big difference, you know. Yeah. That's a big difference. And children at school, you, you know, I used to play, I used to be a clown, as you know, and I went to a lot of schools entertaining, doing plays and theatre, drama, all that sort of thing, and magic. And when I go to schools, I can hear the kids in the playground laughing and giggling and, yeah. you know, and a lot of joy, you know. And, and I remember one particular time I went to a school and I was going to do a, a thing for the teachers. It was their afternoon off and there were some kids in the playground uh, on the play equipment and this teacher that was the yard teacher who was looking after the children in the yard was uh, telling them, don't be so loud and you know, stop making so much noise on the playground. And I, I said, I couldn't help myself. I, I walked up to the said, excuse me, can you tell me where the office is? Because I just wanted to distract her. And then, and then yeah, I yeah. Away, I said, if they're not allowed to make noise on the playground, where are they allowed to make noise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, not, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Peter. And, and 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 let's also, I guess, bring it back to the 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 mental health. I mean, mental health, whether you're male or female, is a significant issue. And it wasn't until I started experiencing what I am, and then talking about my experience, and and and, and even. Off air, you asked me, was I was I okay to talk about it? My answer is, of course, because the more we talk about the uh, the mental health side of things, the the better it is for a the person, and yep. I think also it says because it wasn't until I you know like I was uh, involved with a cricket club, and at the time when I had depression, 
I was talking to one of the parents and, and I explained to him how I was feeling and he turned to me and said, you know, that's exactly how I felt too. Now, I would never have known that that gentleman was going through mental health issues and yet here he was, we had exactly the same situation. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do stress that laughter is, is not the panacea for mental health. Anybody who's feeling down, you, you should go to uh, a seek a professional help. Yeah. I've got to tell you, it does help you cope. It yeah. does help you cope. Yeah, look, I tell you, there's a lot of people out there that it's like, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody over the weekend, a specialist on alcoholism, and mm -hmm. saying that because of this lockdown, so many people are so drunk at the moment. Mm -hmm. And they because they think, oh, yeah, well, I drank yesterday and I drank today and I drank in the morning, mm -hmm. drink a bit more than what they normally would. And if there was a scale of one to ten, most people are on eight mm -hmm. of alcoholism in their body and they only need one to push them over to 10 you know and so Peter, all... Peter can you can you I don't know and your listeners like yeah. this is going globally international yeah. here in Adelaide uh, or here in South Australia our government and uh, I've got to say anywhere in the world I'd rather be it right here I think the way we've managed COVID has been brilliant but I've still yet to be have it explained to me why retail can be shut and yet the places that sell alcohol, bottle shops, et cetera, are open because uh, it, it, exactly what you just said is right. People are in lockdown, they think, oh, well, it's okay to drink. Uh, yeah. Drinking is actually a cause of depression. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it, it's a causative. It's not the cause, but it doesn't help. It, if, it, you've already got a, if you've got a predisposition, yeah, then yeah. alcohol is not going to assist it. And no. I, I just can't, it just, it just beggars belief as to why we would say, okay, well, it's all right. You can't do that. You can't hit your head, and you can't do this. You can't do that. But you're able to walk into a, a, a bottle shop with a mask on and buy, uh, you know, uh, two cartons of red wine. I mean, yeah. great for the wine industry. We need to take a break soon, but we'll come back okay. and we talk about we talk about how what you're doing with the laughter project and how sure. you got involved with that. All right. So because to. thank you. Because this can be something that other people around the world or in other cities could start or could, even here in Adelaide could become part of if they wanted to help out, you know, because what we do with the last project. So we'll come back and talk about that. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite. Marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, Granito, Marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. O'Brien Electrical Adelaide, your local electrical electrician. Service and responsiveness for locally owned and operated businesses, their priority. 263 Sturt Street in the city, right alongside of Radio Italia Uno. Give them a call and speak with their friendly staff. Their number 1300 051 482. 
Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10 a.m. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno, sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM Okay, thank you. Thank you very much and thank you again to all our sponsors. Thank you for supporting our radio stations and especially thank you for uh, supporting our show. Our show is Happy Business Radio. You can hear it on podcast and thank you to Podcast City here in Adelaide, Ron especially for helping us out. And please, if you've got a service or a product or something you want to advertise, get in touch with Radio Italia Uno as soon as you can or get in touch with me, Peter Salerno, and I will help you promote your business at the best rates in town. I tell you, we are helping every business in Adelaide to just get their product services out there. Between now and Christmas, we're giving ridiculous rates. Uh, we just want to help as many businesses as possible. Now, our special guest today is Andrew Ormery. Andrew, you've been, like, I think, quite good because people that don't realise people around them are suffering from depression and all that sort of stuff. So, Matt, you had a couple of questions you wanted to ask? Yeah, I, I think, well, there's a couple of things that I just wanted to expand upon. I mean, I think you made the great point, Peter. I, I think it came from you that, Children laugh 400 times a day and adults are between 20 and 30. Is that what a recent study said? That's I right. read years and years ago that uh, the average child by the age of seven hears no over 10,000 times. Yes. So, I mean, wow. as parents, it's important for us to, to try to, and as leaders of our children, to try to encourage them in a positive way and try not to beat the positivity out of them. Um, mm. Like, for example, I, I, I encourage my son to say a why as many times as he possibly can. And I try to see my, test my stamina to see how many times I can answer it without saying because <laughs> I said so or because, because that's just the way it is. To keep their brains questioning and keep, help them problem solve and feel the world's a positive, exciting place they want to learn it. I, I think one of the things that you were talking about with depression, one thing that I'd like to bring up real quick is they've done a lot of studies on exercise. Exercise actually 
in a, quite a few studies has been proven to alleviate depression more than yes. even medication. Oh, yes. So, when uh, you because we're using yeah. our own bot, our body's own internal pharmacy to help us be uh, to help us be in the right place. And absolutely, like said, exactly. Alcohol is a depressant; it's not a stimulant. So it's yeah. definitely something to stay away from. You're, you're right. You're right about the exercise, Matt. That's one thing that I do as well. Go to the gym six mornings a week. You know, I was I was in pretty good nick. And then, of course, when I hurt my knee, I then had the rehab. I had the the demons of mental health. And I, I then started finding I was putting on weight because I wasn't doing exercise. So you know, I, once I got back into the exercise regime as best I could and worked the program around my my knee, it certainly also has assisted me in uh, in getting that positive mindset. It you know, releases chemicals. Exercise is just like laughter. Uh, laughter is actually exercise. We don't realise it, and it creates endorphins. Uh, and releases endorphins in the brain, which stimulate the activities and, and things like that. And also, uh, yep. it's good for heart health. So you're actually exercising when you laugh, albeit that you're not running laps and laps and laps. I can assure you when we do a laughter workshop, for example, at the Laughter Project, people's temperature does rise, does rise uh, go, go up because they're exercising. Now, there's an adage you probably heard, I laugh so much it hurts. Mm. Well, the reason it hurt is because you're using muscles you don't normally use. That means you don't laugh. <laughs> Look, when you laugh, when you laugh the body and, and in, in the dolphins, serotonin, dopamine yeah. and, and, and the adrenaline rushes together. That becomes a little cocktail and that yeah. is carried right through your body. So every part of your body gets the benefits of the serotonin, the dopamine and, and the uh, endorphins that carry it through the body. So you, mm. you do feel much more relaxed and you do relax a lot more. You do tend to want to smile a lot more. And the more you smile, the more of these natural hormones are, are produced in your body. So that's which the... Which then obviously eliminate, which also then, Peter, releases or, or allows you to uh, handle probably situations that might create high anxiety. It yep. actually reduces the level of that anxiety. You're able, you're able to cope that. Exactly, exactly. Now, let's talk to us about the project. Talk what that does. Well, as you would know, uh, after speaking with Paul, Paul founded the Laughter Project with an idea that he had had uh, a year or so ago, but he, he, he actually formalised it last year and he invited me to become a part of it. I guess what I didn't really know, I'd heard of this thing called Laughter Yoga. Yes. And when I heard about Laughter Yoga, I, I, I'm not one for the meditation. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just I, it's not my makeup. I can't sit there and go, um. So I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, laughter yoga, that would be like somebody bending me into the shape of a pretzel and laughing at me. So when Paul talked to me and we, we got involved, it's been an absolute uh, godsend because I guess what I've been doing naturally, or at least professionally for the last seven years, as a as a clown and a magician is, is something that actually are the planks for the laughter project. It's it's not actually about telling the joke. So uh, it's just to say we don't we're not running a comedian school. So you don't go into open mic uh, and and of course Peter, you being one of the uh, the forerunners in Adelaide's open mic scene, I remember catching up with you once when you were about to go and do a set. So it's 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 not about having to be funny. It's actually about understanding the physiological benefits of laughter and the mental benefits. So we take them, you know, take people through the Santa laugh, the ho, 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 
and we take them through the laugh from the heart, the ha ha ha, and then we also give them the laugh from the head. And the laugh from the head is actually a fun one because that's like if you see somebody, you know how you're walking along and someone accidentally trips and then tries to recover. Yeah, uh, that's all. That's always been funny to me because you know why? We've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not you know you're not actually picking on someone. You're actually looking at someone saying, oh, that's funny. I used to do that myself, or I still do. So yeah, so we take the corporate groups through groups of 10, 20, 40, or conferences as, uh, as, as workshops within conferences. And we actually, it, it's actually really good for team building. We, we did one as late as last Monday with an occupational uh, therapy uh, organisation that work on people getting people uh, rehabbed back into work. So there are these professionals who are working on getting people back to work, mm. but they needed to be re-energised because... What they've been doing is, of course, if, you know, if I, for example, if I walked in with my ruptured quadricep or hobbled in with my ruptured quadricep uh, tendon, I'm not actually feeling like I'm wanting to get a lot of love and laughs and laughter. And so my therapist will be picking up on that. Yeah. And so we had to we had to re-energise just by saying to guys, hey, listen, you know, uh, laugh and smile and be happy. If you do that, the people you're treating are actually going to give it back to you. They may not fall over themselves to laugh, but what you will get in time is you will get a smile. And, well, and for me, a smile is actually a laugh trying to get out. Yeah, they've done lots of research on that from all over the world. And like the laughter yoga, as they call it now, or the laughter club, started from India with the doctor mm. there doing uh, activities and exercises. And then he was trying to uh, set up this laughter group and they started by telling jokes. And they would sit in the park there and a, and a group of them would tell jokes and the same sort of thing. But after, you know, a week, two, three weeks, everybody said, we've heard that joke, we've heard that joke. He told yeah. the same joke. Or we know that punchline, you know, it's told differently, but the punchline's the same. And and what happened was it, it wasn't funny anymore. And then, of course, mm. they started telling rude jokes or crude jokes and sexist jokes. Mm. People said, no, I don't want that. Then somebody there was a yoga master. He said, listen, in yoga for over 4,000 years, we've been doing these activities which induce people to laugh. And mm. that's the doctor, Madankataria, said, okay, well, what are they? And he started researching that. And all of a sudden, it was just a stretching exercise. It's just an mm. activity that you do which induces you to laugh. You know? And then you do it and you laugh with a ho, 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 or you let it out with a rolling laugh. And that's where the laughter club started and the popularity of that. And I started the first club here in Adelaide almost 30 years ago, since 28 wow. years ago. I actually invited Dr. Kataria to come to Adelaide and through emails way back then. And then David Cronin, who's still actively involved in the laughter clubs here in Adelaide, did started the clubs here with me. And uh, everywhere I went, I introduced the concept, you know, in Victoria, New South Wales, Australia, all around Australia, and then working in Asia for the last 20 odd years. And there's several clubs up there that I personally started or introduced people to mm. them, you know. So That's it's right. really well. And what you're doing is so, so important. So if anybody out there, especially in Adelaide or anywhere in Australia, listening to this and would like to know more about how to inspire and motivate your staff to be happy at work please give me a call because this is what this is all about. That's what the rap show is all about, that. how to be happy at work, how to, how to be happy in yourself because if you're not happy at work, and unfortunately at the moment, I just got some statistics from America 
and and also from England, how they were saying how the newspapers are writing lots of stories now about mental health and and how people are, are suffering, but how people don't want to go back to work because they hate their jobs or they hate where they work or they hate the people they work with, and, and the statistics are incredible. Over sixty percent of the people would not go back to their job if they had a choice. Forty something percent hate the job that they're doing. As as high as seventy five percent people uh, would rather not go back to where they were working or the people they were with. That's a I mean, can I just say uh, and, and that they're damning statistics. But, but also, there's another part in life that, that sometimes you've got to do things that you don't like doing. Oh, yeah. um, and it's, it's one thing, I think, to say, well, I don't like my job, I'm not going to go there. Well, what are you going to do? So you've got to have an alternative plan. Yes. But if you, are in a, if you are doing a job that you're perhaps not enjoying as much, if your mental approach is one of, I guess, more, more smiling than scowling, then, uh, then you'll probably find that you're, uh, you're in a better space when you are doing that job and that task. I mean, I, I, I'm no expert, but I can, t- I can say that over my working career, I guess uh, radio, government, promotional marketing, I've been made redundant twice. And again, luckily, it wasn't because of uh, what I hadn't done or had done. I was just a victim of the time. Yeah. But you learn. There's a learning that you take from every experience. And then all of a sudden, these things just fall into place. I mean, I, said, I created a, a logo which I've had trademarked which is uh, 100% laughter guarantee. So I say to people, whenever you come across me, whatever I do, I come with 100% laughter guarantee. If you don't laugh, I will give you your money back. And I'm running these work, these art workshops in my studio, which uh, I didn't think were going to be of any interest. You know, I, it was actually my friends that kept saying, oh, you should show people what you do. And the power of social media... I've actually now got my website up, andrewalmondyart.com.au. That's a nice little plug. Thank you so much, Peter. Yeah, you're um, uh, but people now come in, and when I'm teaching or showing my art techniques, I actually do it in a fun environment. So there's actually laughter. And you know what happens with laughter? You actually tend to take on information a lot easier. Of course. So when you're, uh, it, when you're happy, you actually absorb information versus blocking it out. Yeah, well, this is important because I've been working in the past with a lot of teachers and, and stuff like that. But when people are happy, they take it in a lot faster. They take it and they retain it for a lot longer. Because if you're stressed, and you're like sitting for an exam, and, and you're, you're going to miss a question. But if you're happy going in for an exam, you're laughing and smiling and the rest of it, you tend to remember things better. Lots of tests on that because they were, they were giving a class and they give a lecture. And then within seven days, people have lost 60% of it. Within, you know, 14 days, they've lost 40% of it is, is gone, you know. And the point of, oh, sorry, 40% is only remembered. But the other way around, people that were laughing and enjoying the thing will pick it up and remember it longer. My, one of my things is that the man with the magic message is because of the fact that people see the magic and remember the message, you know. <laughs> and, and yeah. That's why I started doing math with my public speaking or professional speaking. Whenever I do a presentation, I, I don't use overhead projectors and, and screens anymore. Um, I've always show a magic trick which demonstrates what I'm talking about. And, and yep. people remember the message and rem- remember the magic. And that's why they remember both. You know, it, it mm. one eyes with the other. And now when you're laughing, you, you take into And a good example of that, uh, watching children play, 
And, you know, we learn so much from watching children play. But when a child is tired and they're running along, they fall down, they scrape their knee, they get up and go, ah, and, and I don't want to play anymore. But when a child is having fun and laughing, they scratch their knee, they've got blood going out everywhere and keep <laughs> running. You know, like you see on, on these people who are going to the Olympics, and at the moment the World Olympics on, a lot of them strapped up, you know, the footballers watch on the, are coming up to the grand finals, you know, they've got their legs strapped, their arms strapped, mm. their shoulders. You think, my God, mm. but want to play. They want to be out there. And they strap up their wrists, they strap up their shoulders, their backs or whatever, and, and keep going. We need to take a break. So thank yeah. you. And we'll come straight back after this. Thanks, guys. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with a Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 82123177 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Join me each Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, destroying victim philosophy, canceling cancel culture, and by discussing as well as listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, beliefs, business, history, world events, and more. Change the world with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. 
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody listening and please support the people who support us. It's so important to help all the local traders at the moment. So all the people that advertise on Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio, we we thank you for supporting us and we ask all our listeners to support you. Of course, anybody out there who has a product or a service that they want to uh, advertise, now is the best time. Come and see us at Radio Italia Uno. Give me a call. Just ring Peter Salerno. Leave a message for me at the station, Radio uh, Italia Uno, and I'll get back to you as quick as I can. Now, um, I just want to say, uh, Andrew, thank you very much for coming on today. My pleasure, Peter. Thank you for having me. It just went so fast. <laughs> it, seems, <laughs> it seems like 10 minutes. but you know. oh, Well, as I say, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, exactly, and it was a lot of fun. And But more interesting, a lot of information. We gave out a lot of information. You know, the fact that you where you started and where you grew to and, and then what how you've gone into depression and how you're living with it, you know, and, and, and helping so many other people. Matt, thank you for, as always, for coming on and asking very intelligent questions. And, of course, Ron, yep, and <laughs> thank you very much for your uh, podcast city, Adelaide, because without that, we wouldn't have been able to do this show. And at the moment, we're all in four different locations over the phone. So thank you. Thank you, Andrew. And until we meet again, please share this as much as you can with all your friends. Thank you very much. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.